0: Hey guys, Um, so tonight we're continuing talking about spiritual disciplines and I'll be sharing a little bit with you about uh, prayer tonight. Um, And the thing about prayer is there's so much that can be said, so much teaching that you can listen to that goes in all kinds of directions. I'm going to keep it brief (laughs) for the talk of prayer because there is so much involved with it, and um, just so much in the power that there is. So I want to start off just, what is prayer? As I was thinking about this, the one word that came to mind was communication. Um, It's the way that we can talk to God. And now the big thing with communication is that it goes both ways. It's talking and listening. And um it's interesting because in most conversations that I have, I do most of the listening because I don't really like getting out there talking, you know, like getting tongue tied and all that good stuff. So it's when I pray that I find that it's reversed and I do a lot of talking and don't do a lot of listening. So it's just interesting how when we go to pray, things just kind of change. We think we have to do things a certain way or... Um, Maybe we've heard somebody else pray and we try to replicate that. We try to do um, what sounds more holy. We, we use words we don't understand. You know, all these different things. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's simple. It doesn't have to be this complicated equation that we have to get just right to be able to communicate with God. Now, I've got three illustrations to give you, so bear with me. Um, I'm hoping they'll all Tied together at the end. First of all, with communication in a marriage, um, I met wi- my wife uh, about 10 years ago. I was homeschooled and I went to Salisbury Christian School because they needed a drummer for their uh, worship team because they would have chapel every or once a week, you know. So I would go in, I would play with them to practice the day before with the worship class. And then the next day I would go in and we would lead the chapel. And um, my wife was in that worship class. And so she would be sitting up in the front as the band was you know, practicing for the next day. And so when I first met my wife, it was, I mean, she was cute. You know, she looked good. But I had no idea anything about her. I didn't know her likes, her dislikes. I didn't know what her personality was like. And then over the years, as we would hang out, we would talk, started to see that oh, we share this interest. We like this kind of music. We like going to these shows, doing different things together. We enjoy this. This is this is good. As we started talking more and more, our relationship grew, and we were able to we were able to you know build on that. Um, so now where we, we know each other, we talk to each other, even just in the way she says something, I can know if she really means what she's saying or, you know, like what she's really feeling. Because we've had those years of communication that, you know, now we know each other. And now as our relationship has grown and we have a son, uh, that brings a different sort of uh, communication between my son and I. He's two and a half now, so he's, he's a talker. Megan and I don't know where he got it from, but he loves to talk. Um, he loves to ask questions. He loves to just kind of figure out what we're talking about. So it's fun, you know, like hearing him say things that he wants or he needs. You know, I'm, I'm happy as his dad. I'm glad to help him out. You know, if he's, if he's hungry or thirsty, okay, let's go get something to drink. Let's get you some food, whatever it might be. He'll let me know if he doesn't like something. You know, if we're playing around and I get a little too rough, he'll... Tell me to stop and all that, yell at me, scold me, and then we'll keep going. If he's eating food that he doesn't like, he'll definitely let us know that it's not good. And he asks for the napkin or a hand, whatever it might be. Um, you know, so it's fun to see over the past about year as he's started to change and become more inquisitive and talk more, just to see his personality coming out and really getting to know, you know, what he likes, what he dislikes, that sort of thing. And the best part about being a dad is uh, like even today as we were walking back to his room, he's follow- I hear his little feet following me and I just hear him say, I love you, daddy. And man, that feels good. You know, I turn around, I love you too, life. Give him a big hug. You know, you just get a special joy out of that. It just feels good um, to hear him say that. Not prompted or anything, not Megan whispering in his ear, did you tell Daddy you love him? You know, nothing like that. Just coming straight from his heart. It feels so good. The other thing that uh, I just want to mention is uh, as a surfer, when um, I'm getting ready to go out in the water, I've got the option whether to wear a leash or not. And the leash goes around your ankle, and it ties you to the board. And oftentimes, when it's small and there aren't a lot of people out, I just don't feel like going through the hassle of dragging it behind my board or even hooking it up, so I'll just go out with just my board myself. But um, it's those times when the waves are a little bit bigger that maybe I'll I'll jump off and my board gets caught up in the wave and I have to chase after it. And when it's rougher, I'd make sure I I put that leash on because I know if that wave catches it, it's going to be a fight to get to it. And then I got to turn around and paddle through the waves to get all the way back. So it's good to have it there so that when you fall off, you just reach down to your ankle, you grab that leash, and you pull it right back. You got your board right there. Now in big wave surfing, it's actually like a lifeline. Uh, These guys go out in big waves. Uh, When they wipe out that, That water is pulling you around so much that it'll pull you straight down. And that leash is like your lifeline because you know the board's gonna be floating. It's gonna be up. So you grab that leash and you're literally pulling yourself back up and trying to get to the air so that you can grab that breath. So it literally is a lifeline in some situations. So just like with my relationship with Megan, our prayer life, as we spend time with God, we get to know what his desires are. We get to see uh, maybe he'll show us something that we need to change in our lives or stop doing. And we get to grow intimately with him. As we spend more time with him, we find out more and more what he's like. Uh, we're able to express our heart to him, just like with life and I. You know, he I feel like he gets a special kick out of it when we're we're praying and we're worshiping him and we just say, God, I love you. Because, I mean, just like uh, when life says it to me, like I just stop what I'm doing and he's got my attention, you know. I feel like God has that uh, that father's heart where when we call out to him and say, I love you, daddy, he's He's going to take notice. And then just like the, the leash tying me to the surfboard, uh, I feel that prayer can tie us to God so that we, when we get to those tough situations in life, we know that he's, he's right there. We just need to pray. We need to grab on and, and just give the situation over to him, talk to him, try to figure out what he wants us to do, how he can get us through it. So it's quite crucial in a relationship. So I have two scriptures I want to read to you. The first is Luke 11, 1 through 13. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how, I, how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, and don't let us yield to temptation. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of, his, because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Just want to touch on a few things here. Um, I encourage you to take this scripture and, you know, really look into it uh, this week and see what you can get out of it. But um, one of the things that I noticed was it says, uh, when Jesus had been out praying, one of his disciples came to him. Now, I'm not for sure, but if somebody has to come to you, either you were praying with some—he was praying with somebody else or he was praying alone— and um there are other times in the scripture where Jesus talk or it talks about Jesus going off by himself or looking for a quiet place uh to pray. I feel like that's important because um you know, com- community prayer is good too, but you have to have that one-on-one time because I feel like that's when you can really be o- be free and open. You don't have to watch what you say because other people might be listening or you know, you don't have to worry about putting on a show or anything. It's just that time where you're alone with God. You can talk to him. You can say whatever's on your mind. Um, and there's just a freedom in that. Over the years, uh, I started off waking up early. As early in our marriage, um, you know, I would wake up before Megan and go out, and eat breakfast and sit down with the Bible and pray and just kind of have that quiet time. And as life has gotten busy, I've found that my quiet time is actually in the shower. So instead of singing in the shower, I'm in there praying. So sometimes my showers are quick, other times they're rather long. Because, you know, it's that time where nobody's around. I can say what I want to. Um, I don't have to worry about other people hearing me and being like, gee you hear know, the way he's talking in there? You know, like that's just not gonna happen. So I it's like a free place and um that's important to find for yourself as well. Just a place where you can be alone, where you can express your heart towards God. And then in persistence, um, you know, sometimes we pray and we feel like God's not answering us. You know, sometimes he might just want to know how serious we are. He might be wanting to know, like, are you really serious about that? Or are you just saying that because you think you're supposed to? And we, we should come to him time after time. I've had friends that I pray for their salvation. It used to be daily, and now it's, you know, when they come to mind, I'm praying for them just because I want to see them get saved um, because of the friendships that I've had with them um, years in the past. You know, just keep bringing it to God um, because he is listening. So take a look at that. That's Luke eleven one through 13. And also, I want to share with you Matthew 6, 5 through 15. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that this is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. I want to take a moment and look at that model of prayer that God gave us. Oftentimes, it's called the Lord's Prayer, and We'll all pray it together. I know growing up, I felt like there was something special about the Lord's Prayer that, you know, like it would cover everything. So like, I would kind of say that and be like, I'm good for today, you know? And uh, just leave it at that. But, um, you know, Jesus was, was showing us the model of how he wanted us to pray. So he starts off, our Father in Heaven. So starting off, he acknowledges you're our God, you're our this awesome being in heaven that's up there, you know, big space, you know, whatever you picture heaven as being and God sitting on his throne, but he also comes to him saying, Father. So even though he's this big God, he's also our Father, and it's a personal connection that we have. So he goes right from that into, may your name be honored, or may your name be kept holy, I see this as a uh, sort of a time to worship and praise and thanks, you know, acknowledging you are holy God, you know, praising him, telling him, you know, the the way that you see him. He's awesome. Looking at, you know, a beautiful sunset. My God, you're so creative with the way you've placed these colors in the sky. Um, you know, whatever it might be, just setting that tone of, you know, God is God. He is awesome. And and magnificent and here we are just these little people, His creation. It kind of sets our minds in place of, you know, what's really important uh, because then all of the things that were bothering us through the day, they don't really matter when you're thinking about this great big God who can do anything, who created everything and holds it all together. You know, the bad day we had in class or at work, that doesn't really matter when you put it all into perspective. So it's good to get that first, you know, um, set our minds on what really matters. Uh, He goes on to say, may your kingdom come soon. Uh, May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, For a long time, I didn't really understand, you know, like God's will and what that meant. I just kind of figured it'd be like telling my dad, uh, you know, like as we work together you know, I would throw an idea out there, and be like, but you're the boss, you know, whatever you think is right, you do it, you know, like, we can come to God, and be like, God, I really want this car, but, you know, your will be done, you know, it's like, okay, we, we might have a car, we might not have a car, we might need a car, we might not need a car, but I don't really see where, uh, we need to worry about that, necessarily, um, Praying God's will isn't just saying your will be done, but really knowing God, because as we know God, we understand the things that he wants. Like I was saying with, with Megan, our relationship, like I know things that she doesn't like, so I'm not going to do them, or I'm not going to you know, like cook a dinner I know she's not going to like. So we should be praying for God's desires. He wants to see people saved, so let's pray for salvation. He wants you know, like the world to be like he created it to be. Um, So let's pray against sickness and disease. You know, like knowing God can allow you to, I guess, pray a little, not better, but it kind of helps you know how to pray. So it's good to spend that time so that the more you pray, the more you know how to pray. Next he moves on to kind of our needs. Give us our food for today. God is a great provider. Uh, As you look back at the Israelites, um, as they were traveling through the desert, God gave them their food each and every morning. All they had to do was wake up, go out, and pick it up off the ground, and it was enough for that day. I feel like we've gotten away from that where we have our jobs, we get our paycheck, all right, I'm going to go to the store, I'm going to get what we need, but really we need to rely on God for those things. He's the one that's put us where we are, allowed us to have what we have, and we, we need to keep that in mind, just relying on him. Then he moves on to forgiveness, which after he prays or gives the prayer, he just goes on to say, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Um, that's pretty cut and dry right there. So you need to really think about things when you get to that point. Is there somebody that I'm I'm holding that grudge against or is there somebody who I just won't won't forget about that one little thing they did or maybe it was a big thing. You know, we need to really think about that cuz if we don't forgive, that holds us up big time in the long run. And then uh He finished off by saying, Don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. As I was looking over the scripture, like, I kind of got held up here. And it was after really looking at it that I realized that, you know, like, we need to seek righteousness. It's not something that just happens right away, but we actually need to seek it. You know, we can't rely on ourselves for salvation. And that's why Jesus had to come. He had to die on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven and we could be made right with God. And we need to seek God for that because if we try on our own strength to do good all the time, to be who God wants us to be all the time, we're going to fail unless we rely on him. So he says, don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We've got to remember that we can't do it on our own, but we, we need God to help us. Now Josh asked me when he asked me to talk about prayer, he wanted to hear kind of my story with prayer. Um, I shared my story a few weeks ago about how I came to know Christ and I grew up in church and then I was diagnosed with cancer and everything went, seemed to go downhill. But um, I've just remained right there with God knowing that He is everything and I, I still need Him even though I have cancer. I actually need Him more. So my prayer life has gone from, you know, I, there were those times in my teens where I was just all fired up. I would wake up, I would be reading the word and praying and pretty much just listening to worship music and all that sort of stuff through the day where like, it seemed to consume my life very visibly, I'll say. And it got to a point where, you know, life gets busy and I kind of got into the groove of working full-time. And you know, I was just tired a lot as, I was, as the cancer was starting to grow and I didn't know it. And I just almost got lazy, uh, just kind of putting it to the back. Um, I would pray when I needed to. I'd pray before every meal, you know, thank you God for this food, gobble it up. You know, I'd pray to start my day and almost forget about them until bedtime you know not really realizing that he wanted that that conversation going all day and then when i was diagnosed with cancer i was like i was kind of speechless you know i would think about things a lot as i was in the hospital and even as i was uh, at home not being able to work for a month you know i thought about a lot but didn't really hand it over to god i guess you know my prayer then was more of God, I need you, I don't know what to do. And that was, that was the most of it. And as I've come away from that the past three years about as our son was born, it kind of drew me closer, deeper into prayer because just thinking about being a father was like over my head. (laughs) I didn't know the first place to start. So I, I was relying on God a lot um, with knowing how to go about that, how to raise him, the fears of, you know, what what he might grow up to be, with things happen that I don't know how to handle, sickness, and, you know, there's times where you can't do anything. And then now that we're pregnant again, just it just kind of brings me to the point of, God here we are again and I need you even more <laughs> you know as, as things change in life it seems like uh your eyes are open to more and you just realize that you need God more and as I've had those times of change it's just brought me deeper and closer to God in prayer and it's the times that I forget about prayer that you know I notice the difference I notice I don't know what to do in most situations because I haven't been asking him what to do. So um, prayer is very important. And the thing to know is it looks different for everybody. Everybody goes through different situations. So the way you pray may look completely different than the way I pray. And there's nothing wrong with that.